welcome to Show Talk, the place where I talk, you talk, and we talk about shows. This is rapid fire release day of the passage because tonight is the season finale of the passage and I want to get all these episodes out to you right before it airs so you are caught up and ready just like I am so we can be live tweeting along and just pushing our show to a season two. So I hope you guys had a few minutes to sit down and listen to I Want to Know What You Taste Like of episode six as we move on to episode seven, You Are Like the Sun. And let me tell you, this episode was a tearjerker, especially towards the end. I mean, I was all in my feels. So prepare for a little bit of emotion this episode as we break it down and move our way on to episode eight and so on. But like always, we're going to jump into a quick recap of what happened in last episode and move on from there. So when we last saw our little group of virals and our Brammy family, we were going through some ups and downs, some words were said, some shots were fired, but we were able to resolve most of it. Inside Project Noah, it is just a constant power struggle. Like, I don't know who is in the lead and who is leading at the moment because we have Gilder, who is from the Department of Defense and is ready to take charge and change Project Noah to a new direction that we weren't prepared for. We have Dr. Sykes, who's trying to save the integrity of what she's built and trying to protect Amy at the same time, keeping her away from Gilder, away from becoming a weapon, while at the same time dealing with her own issues. She's dealing with the fact that her and Shauna used to be friends, and now Shauna is using her telepathic ability to let Sykes know that she's pretty angry and she's coming and she's coming fast and she's going to show that revenge in one way or another, whether she escapes now or escapes later. We have Jonas, where after his tit for tat with Tim last episode, is still struggling with what to do with Elizabeth because she's now been infected with the virus that Tim has in his efforts to not only be closer to Elizabeth, but also get her on his side. And Jonas now must fight the clock to figure out how to save her before she's to turn or die. And if you thought all that was crazy, you should see what's happening outside Project Noah because we have our little crazy vampire, Winston, out on the run, fighting people like crazy with his own agenda. And the only one that's able to stop him is Amy, but it's not really a good time right now because Amy's lost her book and that seems to put her on a whole different trigger. She's fighting with Brad, she's showing Gilder her powers, but it's finally weighing on her everything that's happened. It's only been a couple weeks since she's been brought to Project Noah and interacted with Brad and now she has to depend on them not only for her life but humanity maybe with Winston on the loose stronger than ever and now it's up to her to stop him. It's understandable that we start seeing some of the cracks in our strong strong Amy and It's kind of, it's kind of refreshing to see. Luckily, once again, we're able to mend that beautiful Brammy family together and we're able to see other new developments that may affect the episode and the season 
together as a whole. Specifically, when it comes to Winston, we see that if he dies, all the virals that he bit with him also die. And what do you do from there? Because we can't kill Tim. We tried. If we do, we kill everyone else and we're not going to let Amy go. We're definitely not going to let Elizabeth go either. So we're at a rock and a hard place in this coming up episode. So I'm going to try to break down everything as much as possible so we can smoothly work our way through this episode, what it means and how we're going to move on from there. So I hope you grabbed some tissues when you were watching this episode because my emotions went for a ride and it's all because of these flashbacks, these continuous flashbacks that happened between Brad and Lila and Amy and Carter and I was not ready. I was not ready to be in my feels. I was not ready to just be saddened by their history. And I know one of the big, great things about Amy and Brad is that they came together in their tragedies, but I wasn't ready to hear about it. I wasn't ready to hear about it. So while we're wiping our tears away and debating on what we just saw and our life choices, let's just break it down even more. You know, let's let's get that real pain in there and see what we really just saw, because we saw a lot and we can start off with Brad. Brad and Lila have been kidnapped, probably by Gilder and his goons, in order to keep them away from Amy, because they know that with them, Amy isn't going to be as cooperative as they're looking for. So as they're being driven away, we have plenty of time to see how exactly we got to where we are. And it starts off with their daughter, Eva. Lila and Brad and Eva look like the classic family you would see not walking down, not my neighborhood, but walking down somebody's neighborhood. We have a loving father, a hardworking nurse of a mother, and a daughter who's a really awesome soccer player and just looks bubbly and alive. And you would think that nothing is going to happen to this great little family that you see, but it all goes to hell in one one day. And it starts off with Brad having to chaperone and create his daughter's post-soccer game party. And this is due to the fact that Lila has to take an extra shift at the hospital and she's not able to be there. So it's up to Brad to step up and be that number one dad that we know him to be. However, it all goes to a churn when Brad goes to go buy markers for his daughter to be able to sign a card with her team and gets held at gunpoint from someone trying to rob the convenience store that he's at. And in that quick moment where Eva goes to enter the store and give him his wallet, she is just at the wrong place at the wrong time and is shot and killed in that quick moment. And of course, Brad... Brad takes this as his fault. He was there. He's a trained operative. He's been in dangerous situations his entire career. And yet the one moment where he is supposed to protect his daughter, he's not able to do that. 
And you can see that even though this this grief weighs on him now, it was even more so then. Lila and Brad tried to embrace therapy as a way to come together as parents grieving and as husband and wife, and it just doesn't work. Lila wants to go back to work to feel like she's making a difference in her daughter's death, where Brad, Brad just thinks that nothing can fix the loss of their daughter. And he even goes to drastic measures to find the person who did it and make his own justice. He uses his best friend, Clark. That's right, our Clark, our Clark Richards, as a means to getting his information so he can find the man who did it and make his own justice. And Clark warns him, he warns him that going down this path is not the right thing for Eva. It's not the right thing for his family. And he'll be the one behind bars instead of the true murderer. But Brad, in his grief, of course, is not going to listen to that. And he does go out and kill him. Now, because of this, when we leave the flashbacks, Brad continuously says that he's a monster and everything that's come to him now, he deserves it because of he wasn't able to save his daughter. He went out and killed someone in cold blood and now he's the reason that Project Noah has the subjects that they have, has Amy. And this is his one chance to redeem himself. Now, I don't know how to feel about that strong of a statement because I don't want Brad to use Amy as a coping mechanism or a, as a second chance with a daughter that he didn't get to have because she's more than just a replacement. But of course he knows that he can never replace his own daughter, but it's, it's a fine line that he's playing with here. Hopefully, as him and Lila were able to escape the trunk and their captors, that they were able to talk and finally get the closure that they both need in their daughter's death. And hopefully now, Brad is able to move on in a cleaner direction with Amy and their relationship. But grief is a weird thing and it's hard to let go, especially when you feel as if it's your fault. That's just one of the many things that our dear old Amy has in common with Brad. She feels that the death of her own mother is her fault. Now that Amy's on her own, without Brad, without Lila, it's up to Carter to come through and prepare her for what is to come with Fanning. Because he knows how he works. It's coming to a time where the virus within Amy is going to start taking into effect. And she's going to have to make a decision about whether she's going to join Fanning or die. And Carter, having fought his own fight against him, knows what methods he's going to use in order to persuade Amy to join him. He's going to use her greatest weakness against him, and that is the loss of her mother and the fact that she blames herself. They say that your words are one of your most powerful weapons, and if the last thing you ever said to your loved one was that you hated them, and then to turn around and come back and see that they died then there is no reason not to think that as a child, that wasn't your fault. And that's exactly what's going on in Amy's head. She 
had a fight with her mother the night before she died and wasn't able to say that she loved her, say that she was sorry. Instead, she hurt her in a way that she never meant to. And that was the last time she ever got to have her. Now, although this is something you don't just get over in one day, Amy might have to do that a lot faster than we think because Fanning is going to have to move fast now that he's lost his number 12. Elizabeth had to make a choice on whether she was going to join Fanning or stick with Jonas until the very last moment, and she picked her husband. If you thought we were done with the grief with Brad and Amy, we still have Jonas's grief because we lose Elizabeth to the virus once and for all. And although she has a choice in saying goodbye and deciding to get off of her life support, it's still a heartbreaking scene because we see a woman who we've only had a couple scenes with her, but she's made a difference. She's started this organization. She's She's been the, the domino effect that created this organization and hopes to cure her. And even with all of that, we still lose her. We still lose her to Fanning's greed and belief that he's going to be able to get her to finally realize that he was the one for her and bring her to his side. But of course, that's not how that works. And Elizabeth is loyal to the very end at her death. And now we see two men broken, Jonas at the loss of his wife and Tim at the loss of a lover he never had a chance to have. The woman that he thought was going to finally give him the boost of power he needed to finally change the world to his own ideas. And now, with Elizabeth's loss, you know that the only chance that Tim has of gaining that power that he's looking for is with Amy. And that's why her need to rise above her grief and her mourning and accept that it wasn't her fault is even more important now than ever. And maybe now she'll have her chance at that forgiveness that she needs because the last few minutes of the episode, we see her get a glimpse of her mother. Now, this might be a figment of her imagination that she creates herself, or it might actually be her mother. Who knows if the virals have the ability to cross other worlds? I don't know. That might be a stretch, but... We see Carter in past episodes, after he turned into a viral, able to see the last few minutes with his grandmother, I believe. And if Amy's experiencing that same thing, even if she's creating it herself, that might be what she needs to get the forgiveness and release the grief that she has to finally go up against Fanning. That's all we have for this episode. It was a tearjerker for sure, and I'm pretty sure we all need a moment of mourning for everyone, for Elizabeth, for Eva, for Amy's mom. Actually, let's do that right now. Let's have a moment of silence for everyone that we've lost. I feel like this is another moment that we should have, like we had with Carter and when we said his goodbye. Let's say goodbye to Eva. Let's say goodbye to Elizabeth. Let's say goodbye to Amy's mom. Let's start that grief process that we need so we can go into episode eight and fight Fanning one more time. R.I.P. to the real ones that were lost too soon. 
But until next time, I will catch you guys in episode eight of The Passage, where we will see what we're going to do from here. It's going to be all action-packed from now on. I can tell, because what else are we going to do now that Fanning has no other options but aim for Amy? And we know our girl's not going down without a fight. While we're waiting for the next episode, here's some things that you can think about and maybe figure out with me. Tim lost his number 12 with Elizabeth, and now he's going after Amy. But what happened when Winston died? Did he not convert back to number 11? Or did he always have 13 plus people, and now he's at a number 12 and needs a number 12? And I'm confused, because with the loss of Winston, didn't he lose a viral or is it because he already had Winston's agreement he still has that power like if he has Carter's agreement now he has Carter's power but if Carter dies does Tim still have the power I'm confused I just want to know how that how that adds up how are we doing our the passage math can someone let me know I don't know. I always have questions when it comes to TV shows. And honestly, that's what makes a great TV show. So if you guys have any answers, be sure to contact me on Twitter at Show Talk Podcast and we can go over it there or I will just see you for the next episode. And maybe, maybe we can just figure this all out during the season finale because that is right around the corner. But until then, keep talking.